Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Come on, all over the house this morning, giving the Lord praise. And I thank the Lord for our leaders because they are so on point, on spot. It's like they're ready as soon as one of us uh, who may be on the platform just simply says, hey, listen, um, we need to do this. Um, We want to obey God and do that, all right? If you have your Bibles this morning, um, we're going to be in two books. We're going to be in the book of James for a moment, James chapter 4 and verse 17, and then we're going to also go to the book of Jonah this morning, to the book of Jonah. This is not the time of the year, nor is this the time in the kingdom to be running from the vision of God. James chapter 4 and verse 17 will be the hallmark of what God is going to say this morning. And then out of the book of Jonah, we all know about him, but wait till you see what God has to say through his life to us this morning. James chapter four and verse 17 says, therefore to him or to her who knows to do good and does not do it, to him or to her, it is sin. The title of the message this morning is, I don't want to. I don't want to. How many have ever heard that phrase? How many parents have ever heard their kids say, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. And they just flat let you know real quick, they don't want to do it. How many of you in education have had kids in the classroom slam the book down, throw the paper on the table, throw their pens across the room because they don't want to? This morning, the title of the message is, I don't want to. We're going to be in the book of Jonah now, but I want you to remember James 4, 17 To him or to her that knows to do good and they do not do it, to them it is sin. I want you to see this morning that what God is getting ready to do in this tri-county area is going to sweep away a mindset that says, I don't want to. Let me give you some examples of that. I need for you to clean your room. And the church says? And a parent says to a student or a child, take out the trash. And the church says? And the pastor says to the congregation, read your Bible this week, and we say, we notice all the bills that are stacking up, and those bills are calling for our attention to pay our bills, and we say, we hear individuals come to the platform, and they say things like, it's better to give than to receive, let's get ready to take our offering, and we say, You turn to those that are not here this morning and you say to them this coming week, I really missed you in church. You need to be in church. And they say, for all of the students that are here this morning from the elementary level all the way up into the university college level, you know it's time to study. Either you have a teacher to remind you or a professor that simply puts it in a syllabus to you and you know you need to study and you say, For all of us that are married, we've always hit the wall. Amen? Amen. Every one of us have hit the wall. There are times when you wonder, is this going to really work? How long will it work? And then someone comes up to you and they say to you, you need to stay in your marriage. And sometimes we say, I don't want to. And then there are friends of ours that are out on the highways and byways of life that are deep into the things of this world and you keep talking to them, it's time to put down that beverage, it's time to stop all that drinking and so you tell them, how many more Millers do you need? That's not your last name and they say to you, I don't want to. 
And then there are parents who have young people who are their children who are absolutely violating God's word because God's word says that bad company corrupts good character. And so you begin to speak to your children about the importance of choosing your friends wisely and that you might need to be a little bit more selective. And so you say to that student who happens to be that teenager in your home and you say it's time for you to drop some of those friends and they say... I don't want to. And then some of us have tried this particular uh, avenue in the past. We really didn't think God's word measured up. We really didn't think that it was a book that spoke beyond the moment. And then we start doing things and going places and meeting people we should not. And we start dating individuals that we knew darkness and light do not mix, meaning the lost and the renewed, the regenerated, and somebody came to us and said, we need to stop dating that person, and we said, I don't want to. to. How many of you now feel a little bit more comfortable as we take a look at the life of Jonah? Jonah was a man who didn't want to. So even though it's a modern term, and I hear it just about every day, forget saying about every day, all the time every day from students at the academy, I don't want to. I don't want to go to ISS. I don't want you to put me on OSS. I don't want to go to the lab. I don't want to go to work detail. I don't want to be at the computers. I don't want to is running rampant in this nation. Is there a witness in this house this morning? I might be sitting here, but I'm not going to listen because I don't want to. This morning, I'm going to take a look with you in God's Word, and we're going to look at a man by the name of Jonah who had some directions given to him from the Lord, and he said to the Lord, that's exactly right. So if you have your Bibles now, let's go to Jonah chapter 1, and we're going to dive right in at verse 1 and verse 2. If you really want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll always find an excuse. Amen? If you really want to do something, you'll find a way. And if you don't, you will find an excuse. An excuse is another way of saying, I don't want to. One person put it this way, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change the way you think about it. And most of the time we say, I don't want to. So... I had a choice to make this morning to see if I was going to be in the ship or out of the ship. How many know if Jonah's on the ship, you don't want to be with him? Because your I don't want to attitude affects other people. It affected a whole crew. It affected everybody that was on the ship. So this morning, sometimes we have to absolutely change the way that we think. We're now approaching Jonah chapter 1. And verse 1 and 2, one day long ago, God's word came to Jonah. Up on your feet and on your way to the big city of Nineveh. Preach to them. They're in a bad way, and I can't ignore it any longer. I have a question for the house this morning. There's going to be a host of questions as we move through this brief message. What do you do when the word of the Lord comes to you? Do you give that same slam dunk response? That many give out in our society, I don't want to. I don't want to hear the word of the Lord. I know the word of the Lord has been spoken. I know what the word of the Lord is for this house, but I don't want to. Listen, if you'll study the book of Jonah, you know that God had his way. So go ahead, go ahead and get on his team early. So let me ask you again this morning, what do you do? When the word of the Lord has come to you. I hope that you're sitting here this morning realizing that God doesn't just speak to the Jonas of our world. God speaks to us. God speaks to individuals. God is speaking right now corporately to this whole house. And he probably is saying something to us that's very clear and very simple. Don't carry I don't want to attitude. What did you mean, Pastor, when you were reading that 317 text this morning to us about this is a holy place? What did you mean when you said that we needed to do something with the sanctuary? What did you mean when you said he was going to show up? Who are you to say that he's going to show up? I didn't say that. His word says that. 
Where two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be there. So if he'll show up, we need something more than a service. We need the manifold presence of Jesus Christ in this place. So that the supernatural will take place. So that lives will be changed. So that homes will be mended. So when the word of the Lord comes to you, what are you going to do? In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25, it says that the word of the Lord remains forever. Yes, that does mean this, but it also means that his word will always penetrate the attitude of, I don't want to. Let me go back over that one again. Because remediation is the seed of good education. Did you get that one? Remediation is the seed of good education. So listen, God will always penetrate all of the hindrances and barriers that we put up so that His Word resonates within our hearts and within our minds. So what are you doing this morning with the Word of the Lord? Well, I'm here, but what are you going to do with what you hear while you're here? I know you're in here, but what are you going to do with what you hear? The Bible says be real careful that you're not just a hearer of the word, but that you're a doer of the word. Several weeks ago, I spoke on deception, and I said that our churches are filled with deceived people because they always come in to hear, but they don't do what they're supposed to do with what they heard. Stop saying this morning, if I had to actually stop this message this morning and call it good, I would say this. The bottom line of this message, here it is, stop saying to God and to those who are over you in the Lord or in your place of business, stop telling them, I don't want to. That's an attitude of rebellion. It will put you where Jonah was. Turn to somebody and say, that's good preaching. I don't like it, but it's still good. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 3. And Jonah got up and went the other direction. That's what I don't want to will get for you. Listen, he went the other direction. He was running away from God. He went down to the port of Joppa and found a ship that was headed in the opposite direction. You can be seated and already moving in another direction. How do we do that in a church? There's all kind of ways that we give signals from the sideline of our brain that we're not going to run the play. It doesn't matter that the Holy Spirit has been invited and welcomed to be in our midst. It doesn't matter that the word of the Lord is fresh. It doesn't matter that I can connect and I need to stop saying I don't want to. The fact of the matter is I'm going to go in the opposite direction. But what direction can you go where he's not? Hello? Hello? Let's continue reading. By the way, I hope you're going to be answering these questions. If you choose to go in a different direction, what does that mean? Change jobs, move to a new community, change churches. A hopper is always a hopper. I'm about to preach. And I'm not sure you're ready. That's why they have playoffs. So they can eliminate those that really shouldn't be at the championship level. You understand what playoffs are all about? It's the process of elimination. My good friend, Alman Gunner, who will be here on December the 3rd, he's going to also be talking about vision. Is anybody getting the idea that God is talking to this house about vision? But I'm too young, or I've just got my stuff together, or I've already set my goals to retire. Okay, Jonah. Okay, Jonah. But since you choose, Jonah, to go in another direction, running away from God, are you ready to pay the fare? Let's read. So he paid the fare and went on board. And he went as far away from God as he could get. But how far is that? How far can you go where God's not? 
How many churches can you jump from and to before you finally realize that the word of the Lord is always going to confront you? I mean, you might even get a text at 3.17 in the morning. You may not choose to answer it, but when you do, you're going to go, man, you are in my stuff. But see, church, long before many of you even came around this ministry, God had promised to us that he was going to come and reveal himself in services. People would be healed. There would be miracles. There would be supernatural. Listen, if I was a teenager today, I would just X out all churches where his presence wasn't on display. Why would I want to drive all the way to Columbus to watch a game in the horseshoe when I knew they were going to lose anyway? Let's go back. Why would I want to continue to come to church where it's the same O, same O, every time I show up O? We are living so far below what God has prepared for us as believers that we accept anything and call it good. Psalm 139. Where shall I go from your spirit? I'm talking about are you ready to pay as much as it's going to cost you to go in the other direction? The Bible says that Jonah chose to go in the opposite direction and God did not take care of the bill. When you do what God wants you to do his way, he's got it all covered in full. If you don't believe that, then your sins aren't covered either. Because he took care of all your sins before you started number one. And I'm not talking about the bathroom. I'm talking about your first sin. That, That will boggle your mind. You mean God covered all of my sins, past, present, and future? They're all covered? Yes. And he's got everything set for you. He's just wanting to hear from you, I want to, instead of, I don't want to. Come on, church. Read the rest of the verse in Psalm 139, verses 7 through 10, at your convenience. It's a verse by David, and David says, it doesn't matter where I go, there you are. If I go here, you're there. If I go to Sheol, you're there. I can't go where you're not. So these questions before we move on. What direction are you going right now? Number two, who are you running from? Number three, what is the price you're willing to pay? Number four, who are you on board with? And number five, how far are you going to go? And do you not understand this morning, church, as we go a little bit further with Jonah, every time you hear me say, I don't want to, that influences and impacts you. When the storm finally shows up, this is a true story, by the way, everybody but Jonah was concerned about the storm. And they finally figured out There must be something about that Hebrew guy that's down on the bottom of the ship who's sound asleep. We need to wake him up. I got an idea. I have a suspicion he's involved in this. What are you talking about? Your I don't want to is going to impact other people. It will cost them much if they stay with you. I'm jumping ahead. Because when they finally woke him up, and isn't that the condition of the church? Most Christians sleep in church, and I don't mean with their eyes closed. They are absolutely on autopilot. I already know that story. You can't tell me anything I don't already know. Well, please don't go in the same direction I'm going. Because where you are isn't anywhere I want to be. They were so concerned that they shook him, they awoke him, and they said, are you not concerned? Doesn't that sound familiar? Except the next time, it was much later in history when the disciples were concerned because Jesus was sleeping. Huge difference between Jonah and Jesus. 
You will never find anything in Scripture where Jesus said, I want to. I want to. But we hear it every day, don't we? Either from colleagues, either from strangers, either from students, sometimes from ourselves. I want to. Pass the ball. No, it's my shot. Church, please don't sit there and act like this doesn't preach. Well, he's off on his own tangent. He's doing his own thing, but God. I'm in verse 4 to 6, please. But God sent a huge storm at sea, and the waves were towering. When you've been prayed for, and you've been dedicated, and you've been given over to the Lord, you might want to check your history. Come on, church. And people have laid out for you, you can anticipate a storm in your life. That's called prophecy right there, church. I won't yell at you. Just lay it down there real soft. When you have been given over to the Lord, but you still carry it, I don't want to. God's going to bring a storm into your life. Please don't call it the devil. Because God created that storm, not the devil. Preach, brother. Psalm 135, verse 6 says, Whatever the Lord pleases, he does, in heaven and in earth, in the seas, and in all the deeps. Psalm 135, verse 6. So the oceans belong to the Lord. How many have ever been out in the ocean or the gulf, and you turned away from the shoreline, and you looked out at the vastness, a little freaky, a little different, overwhelming, there's a God who manages all of that. And you'd like to run? And you'd like to go in another direction? You said you can go wherever you want to go? You can hang out with whoever you want to hang out with? Really? And the ship was about to break into pieces, and the sailors were terrified. They called out in desperation to their gods. How many know that everybody has gods? Sometimes we got to be very careful when we love our particular event. Let's speak about sports because that's been a big one in my life. You got to be very careful that that doesn't turn into idolatry. Where it doesn't become a god to you. I was reading an article this morning about a young man who kind of redeemed himself yesterday with four or five touchdowns, but the week before, he really had a disastrous game. There were people who were texting and putting on Instagram, which I don't know anything about, please, why don't you kill yourself? Because he fumbled and because he also dropped a pass. An 18-year-old going through that kind of pressure, and you ask, why did you have this up here? Because people are inundated with all kind of issues, and only Jesus can set us free. It's not the name, and it's no fame. There's only one king in the house. Come on, give the Lord praise. I know, you were thinking, where did he go? Out of desperation, the Bible says, that they began to call out to their gods. Well, if we can just get rid of the coach, even if it's a big contract, we'll buy it out. Because by all means, we need to be in the top. Well, if we can just get rid of the pastor, if we can just remove our student from that class, well, my child has always been an A student, but now that they've got AP classes, they're really struggling. Let me see if I can bypass that particular teacher. Let me get down in this thing a little bit. Let me get down in the bottom of the ship where you're sleeping, but you have been ruthless in the direction that God called you to go. But you're sleeping. It's a picture of the church 
from time to time as they play peekaboo, people of God playing peekaboo with God's presence. Now you see me, now you don't. Really? His eyes, oh, I forgot, I'm not supposed to sing, is on the sparrow. If God's eye is on the sparrow, he can definitely see you. Who are you fooling? So where is this Hebrew? Who is this individual? Go down there and get him. Stir him and bring him to us. So down to the bottom of the ship they go. And they rouse him and they waken him and they bring him up. Do you know anything that's going on out here? We're in a mess. This thing is about to completely collapse. Do you have any involvement in this? How long will it be before some of us wake up that maybe we're having issues because we're going in the wrong direction? A wonderful quote here as we move through the message this morning. People are more what they hide than what they show. And Joshua and I just had another conversation yesterday, and we'll have another one again this afternoon when we go back to the cage. Hint, hint. Right now, he doesn't set the calendar. I do. Right now, I don't set the calendar. He does. I can answer the call, or I can run from the call. I can set my calendar, and I can set my agenda, but don't be concerned when a storm comes and blows it all out. And in our conversation yesterday, I said to him, be very careful what you see. Behind it may not be what you think. We, as Americans, have been very good, thanks to Hollywood, to hide who we really are. Good preaching, Pastor. Why would you stop? And the Bible says that he was sound asleep. In Romans chapter 13, verse 11 and 12, do this, knowing that the time that is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep, for now salvation is nearer to us than when we believe. The night is almost gone, and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness. Have you ever noticed that deeds of darkness and sleep go together? So those that were where they shouldn't have been last night, they were awake, but they were sleeping spiritually. Ooh, it's dangerous. If you're an athlete and you're out on an island, it's dangerous to take a playoff. Because that could be the play where they break your back figuratively and they score because you took a playoff. What are you talking about? I'm not talking about sports. It's dangerous to take a playoff in the kingdom. Well, I'm not really up to it today, so you know what? I'm just going to kind of slop my way through in the message. You didn't come for that. Ooh, I think I can connect. Only hogs love slop. And Jesus said, never cast your pearls before swine. You are receiving pearls and you are not swine. Therefore, I want you to stop saying, come on church, help me out. I want to. I want to. Holy Spirit is here. When he tells me to stop, I will stop. We're real close. But if he wants me to stop right now, it's good with me. So I have a question that the Holy Spirit gave to me to give to the house that he gave to me about myself. Are we sleeping spiritually? How dare, this is how easy it is to deceive. Lord, why would you ask me if I'm sleeping? I study your word. I read your word. I listen to your word. I do my devotions. I'm in it for the messages that you have. I'm trying to live what you want me. Why would you ever ask me if I'm sleeping? Have you ever said that to him? I have. 
Don't you want the king of kings to ask you if you're sleeping? Maybe he knows something that you don't know. Over on one island of your life, you're not ready if the plague comes that way. Come on, church. Come on, church. Well, Lord, I I thought they were going to go to the left. This would be my left. And so I was just over here. I was just kind of enjoying myself. Kumbaya, Jesus. And then all of a sudden they pitch it and come around the other way and you're still singing kumbaya. What does that mean? There's a time to get into worship, but once he shows up, it's a time for the miraculous. It's time for the supernatural. Are you awake or are you sleeping? I'm trying to prepare you as God's messenger that what's about to happen in this tri-county area is going to rock our spiritual mindsets. Well, all I want, brother, I just want a safe place to come in and do what I've always done. Are you on the toilet? Jonah chapter 1 and verse 7. And the sailors said to one another, let's get to the bottom of this. Let's draw straws to identify the culprit on this ship who's responsible for this disaster. My father was a part of two ministries that closed. It was no reflection of the preaching of the gospel, but there were people who were disastrous. On the ship. Parents, stay connected to your children. What are you talking about? Perhaps I can put it this way. Through the years of living here in Levy County, I've always been amazed how engaged parents are with their little ones at the elementary level. A little less when they get to middle school, and then they're gone at the high school level. They're on their own. Really? And the Bible says that he goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And we're releasing our children at the high school level because they're ready. Ready for what? Parents who are sleeping. We're not talking about controlling our children and teenagers. We're talking about managing their schedule, knowing what's going on in their world, letting them know, here's the script for the day. Here's how it's going to line up for the week. And I expect this from you because my expectations are here and they're going to be up here and they're going to go beyond all of that. And then one day I'm going to hand you over to the Lord and the expectations are going to be greater from the Father than they were from your earthly Come on, church. Verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared, must have been the devil. Why, devil, that dirty devil, can't believe he found a fish that big. He sure is a bad devil, ain't he? It's not what the Bible says. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. I think God has a great sense of humor. So you like sleeping in the bottom of the ship? How about the bottom of a fish? I got friends in low places. Yes, we do, don't we? Question the Spirit of the Lord asked me to give to the house and to my life. Do you know God will get to the bottom and take you there? God's going to get to the bottom of what's going on in your world and then He's going to take you there so He can then, after that process of seeing you through that, elevate you back to where you should be in the kingdom. When God puts His hands on you, He will not take them off. What does He mean by that? Well, the other day I had a wonderful student come to me and they said, Mr. Weber, yes, would you consider, and I said inside no, I just sat there, but I already said no, 
Would you consider second semester, since it's my last semester here, would you consider me opting out of these classroom teachers and put me back into just the computer labs? Now, mind you, as we get ready to close, mind you, last year, all we had was computer labs, no classroom instruction, no teachers. Sounds a lot like the church, doesn't it? Come on in, preacher. Be our lab manager. But we running the show, aren't we, boys? <laughs> we got this thing going on. Okay, lab manager, let us do our thing. That's what computer labs are all about. Kids come in and work at their pace with no teacher. We need a teacher. I'm not the teacher. I'm a messenger. He, the Holy Spirit, He is our teacher. Hmm. And so last year, all we had were computer labs, and all the kids complained about, Well, Mr. Weber, when are you going to get this thing turned around so it looks like a regular school? We need classroom teachers. And I listened to that, and I listened to that, and by December, I said, that's what we're going to do. So I went to the district, and I said, here's what we've got. We have students who desperately need teachers. They're not getting it done on the computers. They're literally sleeping. They were. And others were sleeping. You could walk into the lab and they had their computer open to Plato and they had their history up and they just said, and then soon you walk by, they go, kind of like the church sometimes. Finish up that story. So this year, we have the combo. We've got computer labs, and we've got classroom instructors. We fought for the kids so they could have teachers. But now I have a student, the second semester, that doesn't want... I said the Lord will get to the bottom of this, and he'll meet you on the bottom. So they said, can you get me out of all these classroom instructors why? I don't like them. I don't like anything about them. Little babies. Little babies. Man, you, you might be crazy. I might have to call Mr. Hastings. Can I call for you? I'll call for you. You know why they're where they are? Because we have parents who let them say, I want to. Then they come to school going, I want to. And they get upset when teachers don't give in like mommy and daddy do. And then Christians really get upset when they find out God doesn't give in either. You can fire a preacher and get a new one. You can fire the Sunday school teacher and get a new one. You can get rid of your youth pastors and get another one. But you can't get rid of God. And God's going to take you to the bottom. And when he gets you there, he's going to clean you up. And then he's going to speak to that fish, that situation, and say, okay, go ahead and have a big old burp on me. God is speaking to this house. And because it's going out over the internet, God is speaking to this nation. We're in serious trouble because we're on a landslide of, I want to. I want to. Get your room clean. I want to. Take out the garbage. I want to. Hallelujah. Love Jesus. Clean up the kitchen. I want to. Oh, how I love Jesus. I want to. Actually, from where I live, that wouldn't be over by the elementary school. Where I live in the kingdom, there's an emergency signal going out all over the nations. We are in a state of crisis. God's people have got to come back to going, not my will, but your will be done. I want to. I want to. What is it that you want me to do? I'll do it with all my might, with all my strength. Oh God, what is it that you want me to do? Give God praise in this house and will you stand with me this morning? All over the house, let's stand. Long before Jonah, there was a prophet by the name of Samuel. He was just a kid. 
And his mom knew that he needed direction in his life. So she put him in the church called the temple. Parents, you are responsible to bring direction into the lives of your young people, into the lives of those children. When you say turn off the TV, they have to turn it off. When you tell them to get off that computer, I don't want to. See, I'm sort of half crazy. I almost just kicked this over to show you how kids act out at home. Slam doors. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? I got a remedy for that. I just read the verse to Joshua this morning. In Proverbs, it actually says a paddling will save their soul and keep them from death and something worse. And I said to my, said this, my, said to my son this morning, did he, did that, that? I said, what is worse than death? Hell. Wonder how many children have been lost eternally because mommy and daddy, I'm not talking about beating. I'm not talking about taking out your anger. Would not structure discipline into their lives. So she just plants him right down. Boom. Because she had a want to in her spirit. When she said, you know what? I've tried and tried and I can't get pregnant. Lord, would you help? No, he didn't make that happen. But he helped in the process. And Samuel is birthed. Samuel goes to the priest. And that's where he's living. All of a sudden, the word of the Lord comes. Could have been at 3.17 in the morning. And the boy Samuel checks his text message. Whoa. This man must be crazy. That priest is nuts. What you doing texting me at 3 o'clock in the morning? You idiot. Don't you know better than that? Samuel, Sam, man, that's two texts. What in the world? And the Bible says that he gets up and he goes to the priest and he goes, you calling me? <laughs> calling you? No, I heard my name. I bet there's some individuals in this house right now that have heard their name called from heaven. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Here's what I want you to do, son. The next time you hear that, go, go back and lay down, man. Now you messed me up. I don't even have a cell phone, so how could you expect me to have texted that message to you? That didn't come from me. I'm just a priest. But I got a sneaking suspicion. Are you all here with me this morning as we close? I got a sneaking suspicion that there's a priest above me called the high priest. And I got a feeling he's calling you. Here's what I want you to do. You go back and lay down. And if you hear your name again, you simply say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Oh, I know you're trying to figure out how you're going to pull that all together. Servants who are born in the kingdom, and I'm not talking about slavery. I am talking about bond slaves. Hmm. Servants in the kingdom of God, they never say, they never say, on to, on to. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. What'd you say? I'm going the other way. You think this is long? You think this has been a long service? Really? How about rolling into Levy County down 129 in 1988 to check out Chiefland? And before I could even tell him what I thought, he told me what he thought. And that this was going to be our home. And as we rolled in from Trenton and on in, I turned to my wife and I said, like I said, you thought this was a long service. I said, what's missing? She said, there is nothing here for kids. No wonder drugs are so rampant. No wonder we have so many issues in our Tri-County area. So when I said yes to the Lord, man, I thought the facility would go up just like that. That was 1988, ladies and gentlemen. 
Y'all ready to sit in here for another 20 years with me while I teach? No, I mean starting right now. We've been waiting on the fulfillment of the Lord since 1988. And you know why I haven't moved? Because the word of the Lord has been given to me. And I'm going to hold on to the word of the Lord. It doesn't matter. Come hell or high water. I'm holding on to the word of the Lord. Because we're going to have something special here. For young people. For children. For families. There's going to be counseling. There's going to be so many programs. It's going to be incredible. What God is going to put together. And I'm going to live to see it. And then I'm going to. Never mind. I ain't going to tell you the rest of the story. How many want to people do I have in here? How many of you have flipped the script this morning? That's why we can't have an altar call. Because it's most of you. How many of you are willing to go, you know what? I want to. Man, I want to. I'm tired of singing Hillsong's ocean song. I want to do it. Let me out there. Let's go. Let me out in that. Let me get that one time. Let me have some of that. I am about to do exactly what the Lord wants. And we'll be out. Are you ready? I am going to release and I want to. I cannot tell you how many times when I've come home from work, I did not want to take Joshua out and work baseball. Like, I don't really want to do that this afternoon. But guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it. That's what's wrong with our whole country. If we don't feel it, we don't do it. Sometimes you just got to push through, press through and get it. But God is going to release. And it's going to be a greater dimension in my life right now. He's going to release and I want to. Let me ask you a question. When that crazy fish shot him out onto the bank, I bet he had a one-two then. How low can you go? I know all that silly stuff. How low do you have to go? Till when God says, okay, now I got your attention. And then he'll let you out of that pressure cooker you're in. Brought on by your own wrong direction. Don't ask for the supernatural when you're in the bottom of the fish. Amen. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, we're standing. Many of us raised our hand because we've identified, I don't want to. And Lord, you know how many times I don't want to send those devotions out this morning. I don't want to read my Bible right now. I don't want to, Lord. I don't want to. God, I thank you that you have developed this message in my spirit to remind me that I can absolutely go in the wrong direction and bring others with me and it will be costly. God, I repent of anything that would cause me to go, I don't want to. I want my want to to be greater now than it was in 1988. Jack me up. Hit me with your best shot. I'm inviting you right now and I'm inviting you to release and I want to attitude and spirit inside this house so that when the finances are there and the property becomes available we'll absolutely begin steering the ship in the direction of the vision I thank you in Jesus name we are on our way to the hearts and lives of people who you are calling out of darkness we want to we've got to we are in it for you until the finish line has been crossed and God's people said amen Amen. you cannot leave today add 21 to 14 oh you're really messed up you cannot leave this house until you have went to five people and said I really want to I really want to now listen You're connecting with a person who's deep into that. So if you blow that off, you might find it's a slippery slope back down into the bottom of the the ship. I'm a want-to person. That That is how we are going to close our service this morning. We're going to go to five people, and we're going to say, I really want to. I want to improve my marriage. I want to improve my relationship with my children, my grandchildren. I really want to do the job at school. I want to really learn to keep my mouth shut. I want to. I don't want to. Stop gossiping. I don't want to. Stop lying. I don't want to. The Spirit of the Lord is here. But you got to go to five people. And you got to let them know, hey, I want to. I want to. I want to. And it's all in alignment with what has been preached today. I'm talking about, because that's what happens at school. When I say something like that, kids look at each other and they go, yeah, I want to. And they're talking about drugs. 
And I say, hey, man, turn to somebody and say, hey, I really want this. And they'll go, yeah, I want you. I didn't say that. I said, I really want this. That's where kids are. They'll take truth and twist it right now. But guess who put them there? We did. We did. Because we didn't do what my mother said the other day. Let's get a benediction in here. I was messing with her on the phone. I think I told you part of it. And she told me, she said, you shut your mouth. I said, I'm glad you're up there. She, we were playing. But we don't have enough parents who have told their children, you need to shut your mouth. I had my dad one time say, you want me to wash your mouth out with soap? Where are we? I see in the spirit a crisis light going off from heaven to the church. Watch this. Ladies, will they still go out with you when you go, I don't want to? Here's what, the, here's what the guys will do. They'll go back to school, to the locker room and say, what kind of a whore she is. Because she said, I don't want to. You don't know who I am. I don't play. I'm not your little preacher that'll say it just the way you want it. That's how nasty the boys can be. Because the girl really likes him but doesn't want to go there. And she says, I don't want to. And all of a sudden, he takes it to the football camp or he takes it to the basketball locker room and goes, man, she's a whore. And you wouldn't believe what she does. And then we deal with sexual harassment issues and bullying issues in our schools. I'm proud of girls who go, I don't want to. And I'm not going to. That's what's just been released all over this house. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.org. There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church. If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.